0: Section 12 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and the Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and the Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 1001. When it was the thousand and first night, Dunyazad said to her sister, Do thou finish for us the history of my She replied, With love and goodly gree, and my lord deign permit me recount it. Quoth the king, I permit thee, for that I am fain of hearing it. So she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king that Ma'aruf would have naught to do with his wife by way of conjugal duty. Now when she saw that he held aloof from her bed, and occupied himself with other women, she hated him, and jealousy got the mastery of her, and Iblis prompted her to take the seal-ring from him, and slay him, and make herself queen in his stead. So she went forth one night from her pavilion, intending for that in which was her husband King Ma'aruf and it chanced by decree of the decreer and his written destiny, that Maruf lay that night with one of his concubines, a damsel endowed with beauty and loveliness, symmetry and a stature, all grace. And it was his wont, of the excellence of his piety, that, when he was minded to have to lie with a woman, he would doff the enchanted seal-ring from his finger, in reverence to the holy names graven thereon, and lay it on the pillow, nor would he don it again till he had purified himself by the Guzal ablution. Moreover, when he had lain with a woman, he was used to order her go forth from him before daybreak, of his fear for the seal-ring, and when he went to the hammam, he locked the door of the pavilion till his return, when he put on the ring, and after this all were free to enter according to custom.' His wife, Fatima the Dung, knew of all this, and went not forth from her place till she had certified herself of the case. So she sallied out, when the night was dark, proposing to go in to him, whilst he was drowned in sleep, and steal the ring, unseen of him. Now it chanced at this time that the king's son had gone out, without light, to the chapel of ease for an occasion, and sat down over the marble slab of the jakes in the dark, leaving the door open. Presently he saw Fatima come forth of her pavilion, and make stealthily for that of his father, and said in himself, What aileth this witch to leave her lodging in the dead of the night, and make for my father's pavilion? Needs must there be some reason for this. So he went out after her, and followed in her steps unseen of her. Now he had a short sword of watered steel, which he held so dear that he went not to his father's divan, except he were girth therewith. And his father used to laugh at him, and exclaim, Mahalla, this is a mighty fine sword of thine, O my son, but thou hast not gone down with it to battle, nor cut off a head therewith. Whereupon the boy would reply, I will not fail to cut off with it some head which deserveth cutting. And mara would laugh at his words. Now, when treating in her track, he drew the sword from its sheath, and he followed her till she came to his father's pavilion and entered, whilst he stood and watched her from the door. He saw her searching about, and heard her say to herself, Where hath he laid the seal-ring? whereby he knew that she was looking for the ring, and he waited till she found it and said, Here it is. Then she picked it up and turned to go out, but he hid behind the door. As she came forth, she looked at the ring and turned it about in her grasp, but when she was about to rub it, he raised his hand with the sword and smote her on the neck, and she cried a single cry and fell down dead. With this, Maaruf awoke, and seeing his wife strewn on the ground, with her blood flowing, and his son standing with the drawn sword in his hand, said to him, What is this, O my son? He replied, O my father, how often hast thou said to me, Thou hast a mighty fine sword, but thou hast not gone down with it to battle, nor cut off a head. And I have answered thee, saying, I will not fail to cut off with it a head which deserveth cutting. And now, behold, I have therewith cut off for thee a head well worth the cutting. And he told him what had passed. Mar-Ruth sought for the seal-ring, but found it not. So he searched the dead woman's body till he saw her hand closed upon it. Whereupon he took it from her grasp and said to the boy, Thou art indeed my very son, without doubt or dispute. Allah ease thee in this world and the next, even as thou hast eased me of this vile woman. Her attempt led only to her own destruction, and Allah gifted is he who said. When forwards Allah's aid a man's intent, his wish in every case shall find consent. But and that aid of Allah be refused, his first attempt shall do him damagement. Then King Ma'aruf called aloud to some of his attendants, who came in haste, and he told them what his wife Fatima the Dung had done, and bade them to take her and lay her in a place till the morning. They did his bidding, and next day he gave her in charge to a number of eunuchs, who washed her and shrouded her, and made her a tomb and buried her. Thus her coming from Cairo was but to her grave, and Allah gifted is he who said, We trod the steps appointed for us, and he, whose steps are appointed must tread them; he whose death is decreed to take place in our land shall not die in any land but that and how excellent is the saying of the poet, "I wot not when, as to a land I fare, good luck pursuing what my lot shall be, whether the fortune I perforce pursue, or the misfortune which pursueth me." After this, King Ma'aruf sent for the husbandman, whose guest he had been, when he was a fugitive, and made him his wazir of the right and his chief counsellor. Then, learning that he had a daughter of passing beauty and loveliness, of qualities nature ennobled at birth and exalted of worth, he took her to wife, and in due time he married his son. So they abode a while in all solace of life and its delight, and their days were serene, and their joys untroubled, till there came to them the destroyer of the lights, and the sunderer of societies, the depopulator of populous places, and the orphaner of sons and daughters. And glory be to the living who dieth not, and in whose hand are the keys of the seen and the unseen. End of section 12. Recording by phone.